0: Hello, Spielbos. First off, sorry this episode is two days late. With these Back to the Future apps, I've been trying to get them to you once a week, but I unexpectedly got busy at my day job and just didn't have time to edit this one till today. Sorry about that. The schedule for March is going to be a little off. Our last Back to the Future episode should go up on March 8th, but since Spielberg's next film, Ready Player One, releases on March 23rd, there will be no episode on the 15th. Instead, we'll be waiting till later in the month so that we don't have to wait till April 15th to release that episode. As with last week, I feel I should issue a content warning. In this episode, we talk about the abusive and manipulative behavior utilized by the men in Back to the Future. So if you'd rather not hear that, you might wanna skip the next two weeks. If you'd like to hear the full, unaltered version of this episode, you can do that at benviewnetworkcom slash backtothefuture. And I wanted to share one more thing before we start. In this episode, we talk briefly about the Van Halen song that Marty plays for George to convince him that he's a spaceman. In the recording, I knew it was actually a Van Halen song, but didn't know which one. I looked up the song after, and it's a little interesting. It's a piece from the score of the film The Wildlife from 1984, one year before Back to the Future. The film features, among others, Leah Thompson and would-be Marty McFly Eric Stoltz, as well as an original score by Eddie Van Halen. The music Marty plays is from a track called Out the Window from the score. In addition to the fun of having Marty playing a song from a movie with his mom and an alternate reality version of himself, I think it's a really nice little character note. Of course Marty is the kind of rock music nerd who records these little rarities on the tape which he labels simply Edward Van Halen. Without explicitly saying anything, it gives us some insight into Marty's relationship with music, which is perhaps slightly underserved in the film. I've been going for a little while now, so I'll quit rambling and play the episode. Enjoy!
1: looking he got off of a boat because of his vest. Yes. A joke that uh, I am far too aware of in my life, because I have a vest like that. Did you buy it in tribute to Marty? See, that's what everyone assumes. I just liked it. It's black. See, you say that. No,
0: but it's- I've seen fan art of you as Marty. (laughs) I've seen that on the internet. It's true. So don't even lie to me and say that this is not something you've
1: thought about. Well, here's the thing. It's not the intent, Mm -hmm. because it's black and it's actually a lot smaller. I I I saw a coworker wore it and I went oh it's kind of cool. Yeah. And I bought the same one and it was until like about one day I was going to meet up with a fellow mutual friend of ours Nathan and I realized like wait a minute. Oh. Okay, I can see where someone's going to make that joke. Yeah. So I actually I did a I did a sketch video with Nate where I just 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 us pulled the band-aid and just make the joke. Yeah. <laughs> And so we did the joke. where it, yeah, We shot like a comedy sketch really quick, and made I made I just I decided I'm just gonna let it out there and just have the joke be out there, and I'm gonna be the first one to say it. And so I did, but it, that didn't clearly stop the universe yeah. for having 90 percent of the folks think I wore I bought it strictly because of Back to the Future.
0: And I'm I did just do that to you right now, and I do apologize.
1: That's okay. Um, <laughs> Here's the thing, I'm gonna point out, obviously it crossed my mind, but that was not the main reason. I yeah, I just like it's a nice warm vest. I feel
0: like, uh, <laughs> Robert Zemeckis has a history of ruining doing things in public Mm. because you can't wear a vest like that in public without someone making some kind of Back to the Future joke. Right. I think it's starting to die now, but there was a long stretch of time where any kind of running in public
1: oh, you yeah. couldn't
0: do without someone shouting run for us run at you.
1: Yeah, I think we're finally at the near the end yeah. of that period. But
0: you're- he can you imagine that he just Robert Semeckis ruined running in public. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you were like if you're like in jogging gear, you wouldn't get it. But yeah. running in street clothes was certainly off limits. No, no, no.
1: And if even and if you're someone to be ready to be mocked. Yeah. Run, Forest, run is a yeah. joke that lasted far too long. Far too long. Far too long.
0: Because when did that movie come out? 94? hmm I was three when that movie came out, and yet still, I heard run, Forest, run in high
1: school. <laughs> that shouldn't have made sense. <laughs> but it did. Uh, Marty leaves the dinner because he- uh... Well,
0: because Lorraine is touching his knee near yeah, his, he's, near he's, his you, penis. Right.
1: <laughs> Correct. I, I want to spell that out explicitly. <laughs> She's putting her hand near
0: his penis. <laughs>
1: You know she's patient. She will get there because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she's she be changing diapers. She's
0: getting closer and closer.
1: That's true. And uh, he he heads out to go find Doc. We said so that we see Doc's mansion, which is the house we me and my brother did find in Pasadena. Mm. And again, another. It's kind of cool that Doc gets two good reveals, and they both work. Yes, and they're both super Doc. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this reveal is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Opens the door with the ridiculous gear. Drags this. Well,
0: so Marty kind of gives a bit of his spiel before the door even opens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Doc opens the door, That's dramatically true. stares at Marty in this crazy helmet
1: <laughs> and, just, and grabs him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, suction cups something to his head. Yes. And because we realize it's a it's a mind-reading machine.
0: Yes. <laughs> He's trying to... You've come from a long distance. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> to, you
1: want me to buy a subscription to the Saturday Evening Post. No! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's this great exchange, and finally, yeah. I loved the little bit of just the sound of the, the as yeah. Marty takes the suction. off going like, no, yeah, I'm from the future in a time machine, machine you, you built. built. <laughs> and my and the thing that I yeah. learned to really love as I got older, the the way Doc reacts to that, yeah,
0: he slowly,
1: he he does he grips
0: onto the lapels. Do you Do you know what this means? <laughs> it
1: means
0: that this piece of junk doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and he takes off the helmet in frustration. Uh, we have talked a lot about Michael. We need to talk about Chris a He's little bit. He's very good in the film. I realize this is, we've talked far too long. Yeah. Without mentioning how amazing Christopher Lloyd is in the film. He's very, very good. There's a reason this kind of became the, the movie that everyone, oh. Christopher Lloyd, and he's been around. Yeah, he's on Taxi. Uh huh. Buckaroo Banzai. If sure. you're one of those folks who enjoyed that movie, and to mention. Dimension, and the Eighth Dimension, because uh, <laughs> he played the he played the, the, the character with probably his second greatest name he ever played a character by named name Big Boute. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Big Boute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christopher Lloyd is just perfect in the film. It's manic. Mm-hmm. It's it's lovable it's energetic and and I don't know it's just it's I love Christopher Lo- because this this is the reason I will always love and sure. have a fondness for Christopher Lloyd whenever yeah. I see him in things. But, hey Christopher Lloyd. He's
0: so good.
1: <laughs> and he's really great here, especially when like he's confronting Marty about what he's considering like this kid's lying to him. Yeah. He's mocking Marty. Yeah. He's like,
0: okay, tell me about the future, future boy. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And he tries to show man, here's the thing, like he tries to show him think, okay, this is literal proof. Like, look, this is a driver's license. Yeah, yeah. you could have forged that. Okay, yeah. f- okay, okay, fine. That's a good point. That's you know, that's what I love about this bit. Doc yeah. is pointing out like these are things you could have faked. Yeah. To which Marty's like Fuck, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. <laughs> um, one other detail I like, and this is one of those details that I didn't actually catch on for some reason I forgot until this viewing where Marty shows a picture of his fa- him and his, sis- his siblings. Yeah. And he points out, look at my sister's sweater. It says like class, class of 84. 84. And he's like, didn't even do a good job with that. His head's cut off. It's like, oh. Yeah. That's so because good. Because Dave's already starting to disappear. It, that's such a uh, good, you almost forget about it. Mm-hmm. But that's already the first sign of before even Den Dog explicitly says what happened. Yeah. But that's the first sign of things are wrong. Yeah. And it's super super subtle.
0: It's also a weird assumption to make because I feel like in 1955. It would be much easier to sew the numbers 84 onto a sweater than it would be to forge a photograph. (laughs) But uh, so that's his proof. And then he starts asking questions. He says, who's the president in 1985? Ronald Reagan. Yeah, Michael Michael Jackson. (laughs) But Jay Fox gets very excited because he's like, I know the answer to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Ronald Reagan, which, of course, Doc finds very funny because Ronald Reagan's an actor.
1: It's a good joke, too. Yeah. It's It's a good, like, Who's the vice president, Jerry Lewis? Yeah, yeah,
0: I suppose Jane
1: Wyman's the first lady. It's a really good bit because it's like Marty probably didn't even know that Ronald Reagan was an actor. Yeah, yeah. and so for that to be the answer, yeah. Christopher Lloyd's like, like Doc's like, dude, kid, you gotta try a lot harder, harder than, than that. that. Yeah. Which again, as I was watching the the film again, uh, I was watching the movie with uh, my buddy again. I was watching it with Vic, and Vic was like making the joke. I'm like, boy, what if that joke was made now? Well. <laughs> It works the same way, doesn't it? Yeah, it works exactly the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Ronald Reagan also, I, I'm it's going to get political ahead, I would say, disaster def- effects on this country and I, paved the way for where we are now, I would argue.
1: It's weird had the joke. It book. works exactly the same way yeah. both times. Um. Anyway. And so, this,
0: I will say this. there's, so I, I, Again, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of a Reagan stink on it, Oh, I will sure. Say. No. And the older of I course. get, the more and more I just truly despise Ronald Reagan as a person. Yeah. It, it makes it a little harder to watch.
1: I will. No, I'm not going to lie. It's wafting in the air. Yeah. In 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 the movie nowadays. And, you know, now that I'm fully committed to understanding. Yeah. Like how terrible Ronald Reagan was. Yeah.
0: Just a real fucking dirtbag. Just horrible yeah. person. But um, you know what? The movie is still fun. Yeah. I, ultimately, a sign of triumph that even with that Reagan stink, the <laughs> movie can persevere and be something I enjoy. Yeah.
1: Basically, how Marty finally convinces Doc mm-hmm. to believe in him is he pointed out the de- injury on his head.
0: Because he knows exactly how it happened because Doc told him the story.
1: And, you know, lays it down exactly like you were putting a clock up, you slipped, mm-hmm. hit your head, and that's how you realize that time travel was possible. Mm-hmm. And that's when Doc opens the door and is like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, okay, def- what's up? What's up? <laughs> yeah.
0: then they so they go see the DeLorean. And there's a really... There's There are certain moments in this movie where they shoot reveals as if they knew this was going to be a huge, iconic movie, <laughs> which is a very, it's a it's a bold strategy, because it easily could have looked really stupid, mm-hmm. but instead, now they just look like Babe Ruth, you know, they, yeah. they, they correctly Pointed called it. Pointed and went, it's going to go there. And one of these moments, one of my favorite ones actually happens in this moment, where um, so Doc is looking at the DeLorean, and he says, after I hit my head on the clock, I woke up and I drew this. Yeah. And he dramatically holds up a piece of paper which mm-hmm. has a picture of the forks capacitor on Da-da. it.
1: Da-da. <laughs> and like
0: I, I mean, not even watching it, describing it now, I got chills. Because it is it is such a it's such a cool moment. Yeah. And also like you could only shoot that moment if you were like expecting this to be an iconic film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which again is such a risky thing because if this had fallen flat People watching now and be like these fucking dumbasses. They thought this was so cool and it wasn't. <laughs> but luckily for them, they were right.
1: And I think what's one of the details, character details in this mm-hmm. scene, is Marty shows like this is the flux capacitor. Turns it on. Yeah. And there's as we saw in this version of Doc, he says the words, "I made something that worked." Yes. Which I'm like, oh my god, that tells me so much. Yeah. That you are f- trying to figure this out, not yeah. just this specifically, but. Anything you're, tr- anything. you're yeah. trying to make anything, it's clearly implied that he burnt down the mansion and yeah. because of an experiment mm-hmm. and his also, family fortune yeah. because he was also trying to find a way to make the time machine. Time
0: but it's it's yeah, we we get this the idea that it has just been a lifetime of failure for Doc. Yeah, yeah, and it, he's made one invention that works: y- the time machine,
1: the, which kind of also informs us of why he's reckless, yeah. why he's desperate, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so the idea that like we saw him, right now he's just trying to do a mind reading machine and that <laughs> pooped everywhere. And I will say to <clears> Doc's
0: <throat> credit though, mm-hmm. if Einstein had been there, his automatic dog feeder
1: worked. Yeah. That's a, that's a maybe a humble invention, but it worked. No, 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 listen. Clearly you gotta get good at some point at yeah. something. So yeah. at least making gadgets of simplicity like yeah. a toaster machine <laughs> yeah. that gives you toast and coffee and make sure your dog's fed least he can do he's been doing that he pulled up he's been doing it for 30 plus years at that point yeah yeah now we get to the point okay like so now doc's on board yes and doc is fully ready to go all right this is what we got to do and blah 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 Mm -hmm. and And
0: make sure you don't do anything to interact with the timeline you (laughs) haven't right well Uh, (laughs) i might have met
1: my parents.
0: <laughs> and that's when Doc remembers the picture. Yeah. He says, Wait a minute. Let me see that picture again.
1: Grabs picture. Sees now that basically Dave is mm-hmm. mostly gone.
0: Have you ever seen the alternate versions of this picture, by the way? I have not. They're really fucking good. I really? highly recommend them if you, if you can find them. Mm. If, if Listeners or, or for you, Justin, just do some Googling. You can find them. One of them was my cover photo on Facebook for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite one is them; they're posing um, with a cake in front of them, <laughs> and I just assume it's another welcome home Jailbird Joey cake. But I, I, you can't quite read what's on the cake. But the cake is on this weird sort of wooden structure, and they're standing in front of like a fireplace. And Marty is like trying to look cool, but he's too short to reach it, so his like hand is just really his arm is just like really awkwardly <laughs> too high, leaning on the structure. It's really good, and there's a couple alternate ones that are just like also and kind of grassy areas like the final the finished version is but if, if you're a, if you're a back to the future super fan i highly recommend checking those out they're a lot of fun to okay see.
1: we'll do i'll try to search for it i'm like uh, <laughs> i'll do it later <laughs> yeah, yeah. we have a show to record
0: yeah and I'll, I'll try to post those on the twitter i guess too yeah that'd so be great follow up on steve you'll see him
1: there so doc now realizes okay now there's there's a literal time set what do yeah. we do how do we fix this et cetera? and now we and thankfully thankfully we we were just told exactly what happened the week that Lorraine and George fell in love. Yes. So we do know that there's going to be an under there's going to be some sort of high school dance. Yeah. That they had their first kiss. Mm-hmm. So now we know Marty and Doc. We have ha- to get there. Have to get to that point. Marty has to get to his parents, to that date, so they can you know get their kiss and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Pretty simplistic take overall. The whole yeah. how love works, but whatever. Yeah. As you get one kiss, you're in. Yeah.
0: yeah. Although again, I would argue that. Emotional manipulation is kind of I mean, <laughs> their whole play here. Yeah. So it, it sort of makes sense.
1: Now, another, now the other thing we kind of, you we know, have that's established in the scene is realizing that, like, well, how do we get the DeLorean to work? How do we get to the gigawatts needed? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, like, you know, dog points. Out, well, the only way we can do that, of course, is if we you know like it's from a bowl of, lightning, a bowl you know, of a, lightning short of a plutonium which i best you know i think i always like the line of like well in 1985 you, anyone can get a plutonium i'm in, sure you can walk into any in corner, corner store, store and get
0: some plutonium but in 1955 it's a little harder <laughs> to come by
1: <laughs> but thankfully again setup right like yeah. the only way we can get is like from a lightning bolt and i don't there's, know
0: when... there's no way to know when and where one would
1: strike oh that is so actually <laughs> <laughs> And again, knowing that Marty still kept the flyer because of Jennifer's number, yeah. but it also the flyer gives you the entire information you need to know about the clock tower. And again, this is one of those things where
0: like Jennifer writing her number on that and then Marty has the flyer. It feels super seamless and like earned when yeah. Marty then has the flyer. Whereas I feel like in a lesser movie, it would be really easy for a, a, a maybe someone paying attention, less attention to the script to like, mm-hmm. oh, well, it's famous Hill Valley history. And that's why Marty knows it. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be like an easy out in a lesser screenplay. But here, like they take the time to actually do the work of setting it up. And it really pays off. Yeah. It really feels right when he pulls out that flyer.
1: Exactly. And it's funny that you say like seamless because that's what it does feel like. Yeah. You don't really appreciate it until like you if you actually start examining the how structure can work and yeah. you realize like, holy crap. That was set up perfectly, and you never questioned it. Like you said, it could have be, the lesser version is what you suggested, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that would have been fine. But this works so much better, you know, because it's like, why would a 15 year old kid give a crap about... about the folksy history
0: of the town? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But no, here's like, not only does he know about it, he has this... written down information <laughs> of exactly when it happened. Exactly. So this, is, of course, when you know, Doc says the title of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> we can get you
0: back. To, the, to future. the future. And he points, It looks and points at the camera. <laughs> so. That's what I will say. I like, so as Back to the Future is such an interesting movie and I think this is why it's so memorable is because it is so perfectly structured and everything is like super well constructed and thought out and amazing. And yet also there are points where they're just
1: like, fuck it, let's be as hokey as we possibly <laughs> can in this moment. And that's the beauty of Doc. Doc can be hokey. Doc can be exaggerated. Um
0: and I mean everyone's kind of exaggerated like when Strickland is yelling at Marty he gets nose to nose like literally their <laughs> no, noses touch. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's
1: not comp that's not usually acceptable. That's true. Most of the characters of the film are are surprisingly just broad enough. Yeah. You know, young George, old George, young yeah. Lorraine, old Lorraine. Biff. Biff for sure, yeah. <laughs> so now we are in the situation of okay, so we need to get intel. Doc needs to get intel. Yes. And so we are now back in the high school. Marty's now fully committed to wearing proper 50s gear. And we are basically surveying the school and we're seeing...
0: And here's also the moment, and I, mm. there's there's two of these moments in this scene, one from Marty, one from Doc. Marty says, boy, they really cleaned up the school, it looks brand new, which is the line <laughs> I referenced earlier. Right, right. Do you think Marty is joking? Or do you think he is so dumb? That he doesn't realize that the school looks brand new because it is brand new. I'm going to go with joking. Right. I'm going to go with joking. it has got to be, right? Right. As a kid, I watched the scene and I was like, Marty's so dumb. Like, how does he <laughs> not get this? But watching it now, I'm like, oh that's a joke i would make yeah like, that, that's that's actually that's a really
1: funny in character that's
0: a funny thing to say because no
1: it's like oh no they're speaking. No, yeah. no, no. it's yeah it's a super in character and snarky yeah, yeah. teen joke because he knows how much that that's going to look like shit in 30 years yeah uh yeah we also get that you know so here's a kind of side note i want to I point out that the the level the little loved mentioned of incognito doc brown yes i love the hat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> incognito doc brown's great yeah. it's it's pretty great and this is also where doc gets to see george mcfly and he is he's is literally getting kicked he's got to kick me sunburn's back and he's getting kicked yes and and george <laughs> doc gets from- such a good burn yeah. <laughs> doc doc is like, like maybe you were adopted yeah <laughs> because
0: already in the one day that he that this version of doc has known marty He can already tell that Marty's very cool. That's how cool Marty is, is that it transcends time. He's cool in the 50s. And Doc sees that, and then he sees this fucking dork getting kicked. And he's like, this doesn't add up. No,
1: no, that's impossible. (laughs) Crispin Glover does a really
0: good job. George is really fucking funny in this moment when he's getting kicked. Because he's just like, ha ha, come on, I get it. Yeah, come on, guys, I get Okay, come on. It's, it's so good.
1: It's you know it's it's definitely the the guy like going like I got okay cool I got yeah. the joke. Let's move on. <laughs> because he keeps picking up his book yeah. and then dropping it again as he is kicked. This is also when we are in, now introduced to Strickland from 1955. Yes. It's with another iconic line from yeah. Marty going like Strickland, did he ever have hair? <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, no he's now calling him a slacker so we're establishing that's just a thing Strickland likes that's to call That's slacker's go-to term. Yeah, that's his go-to term.
0: Once again, I agree. I think he's correct in his assessment. George McFly <laughs> is a slacker. Do we get to Lorraine in this bit too? Yes, because okay. so it's like pretty much directly after George getting kicked that mm-hmm. um, Marty grabs George and says, "Like, here, I need you to be hi, stranger. I've I met once <laughs> when I like harassed you at loose. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make you talk to a girl right now, which should be fair to George, as dorky and awkward as he is. If you were grabbed by a stranger and said, "Here, talk to this girl you like." You you would be awkward too, right? <laughs> so George kind of bombs bad, and also Lorraine is this is we where Doc sees it. Mm-hmm. Oh no, Lorraine has the hots for you.
1: Yeah. It's like no, because no, yeah, like Lorraine's like checking, like oh, you okay? How's your head? Yeah. And Doc is looking at son going, uh oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I'm like yeah, like further on, like Doc is like pointing, at like hey, tell me again how your parents met. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And he's like, one more time. How they meet again? Well, yeah. oh, no, because like, Dad got hit by the car. I got hit by the. Yeah, that's where Marty realizes. Uh oh, <laughs> I, I goofed. It's also my. It's also my introduction of the term the Nightingale effect. I think, or the nurse Night- Nightingale. No, Fl- yeah. yeah, Florence Nightingale. Florence Nightingale, yeah. Nightingale effect, and like that's when the first time I was introduced to that term. And mm-hmm. Doc's like, oh, that's what happened. Yeah, mom felt sorry for your dad except this time you're yeah. the person she feels sorry for henceforth uh oh yeah. <laughs> um, there's also a where
0: Doc says to Marty your mom has the hots for you mm. and Marty responds as if that's a surprise
1: <laughs> and it's like dude she was trying to touch your dick last night I think the way like just in- <laughs> last night she was trying to touch that dick very close <laughs> the way I think here's the thing right I think when he says it yeah. it's Marty yeah. admitting out loud Oh no, my, my mom, mom has, has the, the hots, hots for, for me. me. That is the specific phrasing he uses. <laughs> and he says it out, and I think that's why he's like, I think he's in mild denial of, maybe my mom wasn't hitting on me, maybe my mom wasn't trying to up me. Oh no, she was. Yeah. Because she finds me hot. Oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and then Marty says, this is heavy.
0: And then we come to the line where I'm going to ask, was Doc joking or is he just this stupid? I, <laughs> where Marty says this is heavy and Doc says you keep saying heavy. Is there something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull in 1985?
1: I don't think that Doc's stupid. I just think Doc also doesn't know. That. No. <laughs> doesn't know. It doesn't understand when someone's saying. Uh... You don't, slang. you don't think he's joking, though. I don't think he's joking. I will say, I that, think Doug was legitimately concerned of the gravitational pull in 1985. And <laughs> I will say, in
0: the novelization, Doc is explicitly joking in this moment.
1: Uh, ah. Yeah. Um, Wait, Christopher plays it though. Yeah, he plays it like,
0: what's wrong with the? F- <laughs> yeah, why is you saying heavy? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting.
1: Lunch scene. Yes, lunch scene. And this it is, what is f-
0: neither. By the way, for mm. the listener, neither of us take took notes, but I would say at least so far we are doing a fairly accurate. Correct. <laughs> scene by scene ordering of this film, which I, is truly a testament to what fucking dorks we are.
1: It's really funny because we've 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 sort of abandoned the breakdown, yeah. of scene by scene, a, a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that I have nothing in front of me, yeah. Emily has nothing in front of her, yeah. Only proves how many times we've we we have both seen this, this movie. Yeah. Um, I was thinking that might I point out before you even said it, earlier, yeah. like. like well, doesn't have no, I don't have, why do i need notes Emily yeah. doesn't need notes i don't need notes yeah. <laughs> so yeah marty's now talking to george at the at lunchtime so i know does marty actually attend class or does he just kind of hover around
0: I do you think he actually you, actually
1: attends a class in in um in the
0: original version of the script he does okay And i think in the novelization he does as well in the film we never see it and i
1: have to imagine he does not okay because it's gonna be weird right it's like he's a kid that has to show up. He's a, he's not, he's got to show up to class. And then when they take attendance, someone's going to notice there's an extra kid here. (laughs) And there's no record of him going to transfer that school. And
0: knowing Marty, he's going to goof it where if he's in the same class as George, they're going to say McFly and Marty's going to say here. He's not going to be able to help himself.
1: I guarantee that was a, that was a joke they thought of doing. Yeah. Until they decided it's better at the diner. Yeah. So, George is Marty's now talking to George. And this is where we also realize George has been writing and he's been writing like fiction, yeah. science fiction stories, stories.
0: Of visitors from other worlds.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get out, of town. I didn't know you were creative.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think that's actually a very sweet moment where for the first time in the film, uh, we kind of see, I mean, we see it, we see it on the other end, but here it's like, oh, like Marty does love his dad. Like, yeah. And that's like, he's actually like surprised and interested. Like he thinks this is cool that his dad writes sci-fi stories.
1: It's kind of going back to the idea of, like when Bob Gill came up with the idea of the film, mm-hmm. which was like, could I have been friends with my, with my parents? Yeah. It is bizarre to think that that's how the idea for this film started. <laughs> and then we went to, yeah, he we went to go see, he saw his parents yearbook and realized like they had a totally different life yeah. when they were teenagers, much like I did. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, and then he wondered would he be friends with them. It's it's that's actually this is the scene that actually examines that question: Can Marty actually be friends with with George? Yeah, it is kind of like the thing that like that's the type of stuff that maybe your parents will let you in on. Yeah, far later in their life that they really they reveal like you know when I was your age blah blah blah. Yeah, except Marty's seeing it firsthand. Like, I'll be damn, my dad was like a creative guy. Yeah. He wanted to do this stuff. I don't see him doing that now. It's yeah, yeah. a shitty job. Yeah. So. He's pinnacle and watches The Honeymooners. That's yeah, all he does. Yeah, exactly. That's my dad. But yeah. this guy is like a creative sci-fi writer. That's yeah. kind of cool. And he's intrigued by it. He even mm-hmm. wants to read it. And George is. No, the, I don't let anyone read my stories. And what he, If
0: they told me they were no good, I wouldn't be able to take that kind of rejection.
1: And I love Michael's reaction to that. Because it's it's obviously, the whole point of that is like, like even he said it, like I saw him like dad, but they actually see his dad saying
0: almost word for word the things that he said
1: yeah Yeah. and it's so nicely played out Michael's Mike J Fox he's like going yeah I get that yeah (laughs) Yeah. super good so then
0: uh, Marty quickly tries to transition to like hey let's talk about Lorraine George says I think she's interested in someone else and points to Biff clearly harassing and unwilling Lorraine
1: Read the room, George.
0: Yeah. yeah, it does not seem like she's interested in him. No, no. You are correct in that she's not interested in you. That, <laughs> that half of the assessment was correct. But also, I think, unfortunately, that, you know, we can talk about these being sort of gross, bad characters. In George's mind, like that's, I think there's part of him like that is what romance looks like. And,
1: I, and keeping in mind, this is the, for him, that's the 50s. And, Biff's a macho macho dude. George is not.
0: I mean it's not it's it's we're ten years off at this point or eleven technically, but Mm -hmm. like you can see like I think this is kind of why that idea is so poisonous, but there's Mm -hmm. there's like a little bit of maybe a Captain Kirk vibe to Biff that that's what a sci-fi fan would see at least. Yeah. No, if okay. it was 66 and not 55, but, I can yeah. see that.
1: I, I can see that. And I think that that's, a, that's a whole other conversation of like toxic masculinity that we yeah. could probably still play in this episode, but <laughs> yeah. and, uh, cause it does show up <laughs> But sure. Um, but that's, that's sort of, I can, you can see why George sees that and what, well, doesn't that what
0: that's what that's what they, he's like. He's a big piece of meat. That's what,
1: that's what girls want. Um, so we have not mentioned some of the toadies yes. that Biff has one is 3d, And we have met 3D's actor in a previous episode. Yes, because he was in an Amazing Stories pilot. He was in Amazing Stories episode Spielberg directed. He Mm -hmm. was the he was the lucky good luck charm pilot in that episode of Amazing Stories. Um, and he was actually really good in that. I really liked him in that episode. But also, but also, a Mr. Billy Zane. (laughs)
0: Yes, Billy Zane is an actor who I know. I've seen him in multiple films. Yeah, I know. I've seen him in Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. At this point, maybe 100 times. It is possible that I've seen Back to the Future 100 times. I've seen this movie fucking a lot.
1: It's very possible for me, too. It's very highly possible, yeah.
0: You're asking me right now what Billy Zane looks like. I can't tell you. He's got one of those faces to me that just never, ever, ever sticks in my head. Right. I've seen him from different areas, eras. I know I've seen him. I've seen 90s Billy Zane. Yep. I've seen 80s Billy Zane. I've seen <laughs> 2000s Billy Zane. I have no fucking clue what Billy Zane looks like. <laughs> he just... He refuses to stick in my head. I know from IMDb credits that he plays a character named Match in Back to the Future. Yeah. So I'm guessing his thing is that he has a matchstick in his mouth. Yeah. When I picture Biff and his gang, I see Biff. Yep. I see 3D. Mm Mm-hmm. I see the one who's not Match. He's got like fingerless gloves on. That's right. And I see a sort of faceless mannequin <laughs> also standing there. If I'm watching the movie, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I can remember every word of dialogue line for line. Yeah. Well, along with the movie. I couldn't do it without the movie. Right, right. But along with the movie, I could. I couldn't tell you what Billy Zane looks like.
1: It's the damnest thing because like, I wouldn't say I'm a Billy Zane fan. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm aware of him a little because I'm also really fond of the Phantom. Sure. And he was the lead in that and I also remember not liking him both as a character and as an actor in Titanic. Sure. <laughs> he was the captain of that film. He was the bad guy. He was I've the... never seen Titanic. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but the thing with Billy Zane is that like, for some reason, he is always a surprise to me in this movie because I yeah. remember he's in this movie. I think there's something about Back to the Future, the fact that maybe his character doesn't have a ton of lines, yeah. the fact that he's replaced in part two and three, Yeah, is that Billy Zane gets Raced yeah. from existence. <laughs> well, there's definitely a feeling that he's not supposed to be here. <laughs> and it's, it's listen, he's just he's essentially just a background toady. He's it's not a, really a, yeah, he's not really a big significance.
0: It's maybe like they meant to get rid of him when uh they got rid of her extolts, but they just <laughs> forgot.
1: <laughs> it's like uh, all of a sudden like like the like is on set, bumps into Billy's and goes, Oh morning, Bob yeah. uh, Oh, 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 Uh, It's a lot like
0: when I was in sixth grade, Mm -hmm. and we were trying out for Little Olympics. Okay. And class was over, so we had to cut tryout short. So I wasn't technically cut from the team, Mm -hmm. but I knew I wasn't going to be on the team. I had no interest in being on the team, but because I wasn't technically cut, and because you could get out of class for Little Olympics practice, I just said i was on the team for like two weeks for like a good two weeks after that because i was never officially cut and then finally at some point a teacher was like what what sport are you doing And i was like oh i got cut i was i was i'm I'm so i'm waiting to try out for the for the, for the, for the like distance throw and they were like oh okay um we, we can do a try out now and i threw and i didn't throw far at all and they're like yeah, you're
1: not on a team. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. You just like wipe yourself like, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> that
0: is how I, that, that's how I imagine Billy Zane was on set here. Um, oh
1: my gosh. Yeah. The true
0: story from my youth.
1: <laughs> so Marty confronts Biff. Yeah. <laughs> or no, doesn't, doesn't, uh, so George, does, does Marty confront Biff because he's seeing like, like Biff, like basically, arrests. yeah, well, yeah, like, I mean,
0: Lorraine like slaps him, and he still wasn't, he doesn't go away, um, and yeah. so so Marty does confront him. Yeah, Marty confronts him. I think sort of either not realizing it's Biff or not realizing how big Biff is, because there's definitely a moment where because Biff is like he is sort of he's like on a bench behind Lorraine and is yeah. sort of pulling her onto his lap, which mm-hmm. is ugh, very gross. Uh, and then Biff stands up and Marty is sort of taken aback by the fact that he's like a full foot taller than him
1: and it's interesting because like it's not like I don't think Marty ever forgot that Biff's a big guy yeah it's just I think this is Marty's realizing in that moment oh
0: yeah well because the biff he's used to is a big guy but he's yeah. not in shape like he's not tough
1: yeah this one this one however is like a big sack yeah. of meat exactly and, and there's
0: I really like, they do like the the cartoon thing of like Marty has grabbed Biff's lapel to threaten him, mm-hmm. and then when he sees how big Biff is, he like he straightens out the shirt <laughs> for him.
1: I, I think isn't it just perfectly framed that you just see Marty's eyes yeah. over Biff's shoulder, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you just see his eyes bug out, going right, oh, <laughs> right. The guy who threatens my father nearly every day of his life yeah. is young and strong. Here, yeah, and it's,
0: it is sort of a great moment where you again, it's one of those moments where you say, Oh, you can see the connection between George and Marty, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Marty ultimately reacts differently in the scene, like he is ready to fight, but there is a, a bit of a moment where he's like, He does, he cowers a little bit, right? Bit, <laughs> understandably, yeah, <laughs> Strickland stops it, all right right again, Strickland, the hero of the film, <laughs> breaks up the fight, but Marty is like, They've they, they both got like clenched fist, they're ready to throw down right right it, it looked like it was going to be a dirty fight too because they're also both grabbing each other by the lapels so, yeah
1: so it's it was going to be a real
0: real close
1: uh, it's, closely fought it's one but, of those things it's one of those things when you see like Marty in that moment yeah. and he's like well, he's afraid mm-hmm. he's still willing to swing at,
0: at Biff yeah he's got <clears throat> a lot of determination his fist is clenched you can see like his tendons like there's a lot of like there's a lot of intent there.
1: It's it's kind of further... It's That's one of the reasons why you, when you look at Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future it, mm. and he became such a huge star yeah. after... He was already becoming a big star for Family Ties. Yeah. But the fact that he became a bigger star, Yeah. it's because Back to the Future is a star-making role. And it's funny because on paper, that could have been okay. Yeah. And as we saw, there was a version of a movie that could have been okay if, with a lesser actor or, also, or a th- miscast actor.
0: This is another thing where Eric Saltz, I would say... Is a lot taller than Michael J. Fox, mm-hmm. like he almost like more of an even match for Biff. Yeah. Which again wouldn't work at all
1: in this scene. Right. But this fact that that Michael J. Fox is actually a little smaller. Yeah. It actually works. And the fact that he's still willing to go, screw that, I'll still punch you. Yeah. You buy it. He's scrappy as shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's where you start why Michael J. Fox became such a movie star after this mm-hmm. movie is that you realize like he can play the comedy. He can play the drama. And even though you might have to figure out a way to make it work, depending on your movie, yeah. if you need him as like kind of a tough action-y thing, you he actually could, could buy it. He could do it, yeah. Yeah, so no, this is a star-making role because you see, oh...
0: You see all sides of him. Yeah. yeah,
1: and it's it's a, yeah that's Michael J. Fox delivering on yeah like I can play all these things.
0: And then maybe they lean a little too hard to that in the sequels.
1: Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I adore.
0: Don't get me wrong, but
1: yeah. I I love part two and three. But let's not lie. Yeah. You're right. It's now it's a world post aware yeah. that Michael J. Fox can do all that, and yeah. that's part of the yeah yeah. But here is like a discovery. It's yeah.
0: like, oh, that's cool. And it's a wonderful discovery. Yeah. Um. It's after school. Marty is trying to convince George to ask Lorraine out. out. Uh, isn't, isn't George literally going like, why are you following me? Yeah. <laughs> Which is a fair point. Yeah. And uh, George's point is that the dance is the same night as his favorite television program, Science Fiction Theater. And I will say, big ups to Back to the Future. I have looked it up. An episode of Science Fiction Theater did air November 12th, 1955.
1: Sh- shut up. Yeah. Um, shut up that is some homework yeah and they didn't have internet back then so that was some homework yeah <laughs> uh
0: so yeah good good on good on bob zemeckis and uh bob gale for uh that detail
1: this is also another gay case that even though it's like a, a setup that isn't mentioned a lot mm-hmm. it is a setup so the idea that like marty goes science fiction theater huh yeah so he realized like you know technically speaking i have something that passes yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> as as alien in 1955 yeah um,
0: so in the night he breaks into george's house
1: there is no denying that. which
0: is a little wild to think about <laughs> like what would george have done if it, if his or what would marty have done if his grandparents had caught him if
1: this is a visit well
0: you know what he's got to risk it all <laughs> yeah. um so he's in his his radiation suit he slips his uh, Walkman headphones onto George's
1: ears. What's the name of the cassette music that he's listening to? It's Van
0: Halen, but I don't know the song.
1: That is not Van Halen. <laughs> oh, it's Van- no,
0: it's Van Halen for sure.
1: I'm just kidding. No, no, no. Uh, wait, is it? Wait, okay. It's Van Halen, but is it actually Van Halen music he's playing? Yeah. Okay, but it's it's like it's like Van Halen.
0: Like it's a part where they're like really screwing around on the guitar. Because so I'm like, like
1: that's such. I always thought that was like super generic rock music. So that is in fact actual Van Halen music. It's Van Halen, yeah. Okay. News to me. I learned that today.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, a lot of Van Halen sounds like super generic. I mean, uh, things, like, uh, not um, everything can be jump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, well, he does the live long and prosper. Right. Again, as we established on this podcast, this is pre-Star Trek times.
1: Right. He's like, every reference that Marty's using in this case yeah. is stuff that he knows he will never know this stuff. Well, no. He will know it in 10 years when he's like... But not now. Yeah, not now. No, that's that's, yeah. his, that's his goal. He's like, he yeah. figured,
0: you won't know this now. Marty could have put in a little effort just to <laughs> avoid the moment in fucking 1977 when when... George is in a movie theater, like what the fuck? They ripped off that weird dream I had. <sighs> that's why George that's Lucas ripped off a dream I had in 1955.
1: A, that's a, that's a whole side story. Yeah, that I I I let the movie just. I'm like I don't question too much because it's part of the the thing. Yeah. But there is a thing where I do sit there and go like, Yeah, George, did you ever like watch Star Trek and yeah. Star Wars? And went, Wait a minute, or did you forget? Because mm-hmm. it does seem like they forgot a lot of the events of this week. <laughs> yeah, but George wrote a book about it. Like
0: George literally wrote a fucking book about an alien like from another the, world coming.
1: The details of the events, I like guess. I think, sort of forgot that there was a guy named Calvin Klein who, anyway, uh, I'm just you know, it's it's I wouldn't say something. it's not sloppy. Yeah, it's just it's definitely one of those cases where it's like it's. But George dead ass believed a
0: an extraterrestrial visited him and made him do this. That's true. Would you ever forget that that extraterrestrial introduced themselves as, as Darth, Darth Vader, Vader from, from the from planet Vulcan?
1: Vulcan. Uh,
0: I also guess though like Vulcan was like an existing term in like mythology though right like that wasn't invented mm-hmm. for
1: Star Trek was no, it? no. It, it's an existing term yeah That's where, I mean had to come from somewhere you know, hey, listen, Mar- Marty. I think at the end of the day, Marty just knows the basics of sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, it I just made something up. I know Star Wars. I know. St- I know. I'm yeah. bleep from the planet Gol- Goltron. I would like see to see be- how fast I did that. I like to believe that maybe, perhaps, Marty is not as creative as his dad, <laughs> and he knows rock music and general movies. <laughs> Literally,
0: fucking anything.
1: <laughs> but um, also, of course, it's the joke. Yeah. It's like yeah, the audience knows yeah, the yeah. joke is like yeah. it'd be funnier if he mentions that he's. And that's the joke too, right? Yeah. He mentions two different star franchises. Yes, it's like I'm Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan, Vulcan. and he yeah. does the piece, in. and he does the the uh, long, long, and long and prosperous. Uh, yeah, and that's here's why, which I love. of
0: course Leonard Nimoy ripped off because he saw it in synagogue one day. Right.
1: Yeah. You know, here's what's it's great about, it, and I don't. Can you confirm or deny this? Is that scene scripted to be longer than it is?
0: Uh, I don't know off the top of my head.
1: Okay, and here's why I'm glad it isn't on film. If there was a, I don't know, because I have no idea if the if the scene was scripted longer. Yeah. But I kind of love that as the film now it's cut there. You don't need to hear that information again. George is going to explain it to Marty, and we don't as much fun it would have been to see Marty fully go further with the yeah. the sci-fi man version. <laughs> yeah. I think it's perfect that it ends with I'm from the planet Vulcan.
0: And yeah, that's all he says. Perfect, because the <clears> next <throat> day they're they're walking along. George says Darth Vader came from the planet Vulcan and told me that if I don't
1: ask out Lorraine he'll melt my brain or make my brain explode yeah he melts his I think he melts his brain yeah. and then Marty's like cool great don't, don't mention that <laughs> <But> we don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah also love the detail of Marty struggling to open the soda can't yeah. open a soda bottle Be- no Mm -hmm. the pepsi bottle the pepsi bottle of course in this movie it is very specifically a pepsi bottle i love the detail of him struggling with that Mm -hmm. and then george like just very nonchalantly just like opens it it because because he's a teenager of the 1950s yeah he knows he obviously knows how to open a pepsi bottle (laughs) but marty's a teenager from 1980 so he has no idea. what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) such a good little detail i love that okay so one more attempt (laughs) to try to convince (laughs) lorraine yeah he's like basically trying to like like, what do i say to her what do i you know and Marty's like trying to just give him some generic.
0: Marty things. also like,
1: yeah, is very generic. Not it must
0: be said, Marty not putting a ton of effort <laughs> into crafting a line. He he kinda comes at him with this like generic Do you think this is how he won Jennifer over?
1: No. Like, <laughs> right.
0: Cause it's a very generic of like, the eh, eh, girls love the flowery shit. Like yeah. make up some weird.
1: <laughs> Though my favorite, definitely my favorite other joke in this bit is just like, it's just, j- you I, I, oh, I don't know if that's right. It's like, Jesus, it's a miracle I was ever born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then George says what? It's
0: and he like, says nothing. Nothing.
1: <laughs> I love cause he's so frustrated his dad. Yeah. That like, and the way he bent out his frustration is wondering, how the hell did you ever have sex with mom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To give three, kids. three, three times you did <laughs> that, at the very least. Yes.
0: <laughs> so Marty tells him to say that his that destiny has brought him to
1: her. Yeah, George is writing this down hastily because that has to be the reason because <laughs> of what he comes, how he says the line next. Now here's some things. Yeah, We're talking about George is always kind of this weird. Like George is awkward. George doesn't know how to move, etc. But I always stand by yeah. the fact that when George order asks Lou, Lou give me a milk chocolate. chocolate. Boom. And it slides into his hand. And he
0: grabs it. And he grabs it, and he takes a big swig and sets it down with intent. Hey, George. Yeah. Not bad, buddy. Yeah. That's, that's, that's like, that's, that's, you, you you're in a mission. I will tell you, it's, he's got a lot of swagger in that moment, and it it is very cool. I'll tell you what undercuts the coolness a little bit. Please. It's chocolate milk that he's drinking. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) He's drinking a chocolate milk.
1: I mean. He's still a teenager, and so he's at a he's at Lou's Diner. So it's not like he can ask for a beer, but <laughs> you
0: could ask for soda.
1: <laughs> something that doesn't give you milk breath as you're
0: about to go talk to the girl. Chocolatey milk breath. <laughs> something that won't leave a mustache on your upper lip. But hey, swagger. He's something that won't create
1: phlegm <laughs> in your in your system. I'll still give him the credits for the swagger at that moment. He could have missed it. Yeah. He could have he easily could have missed that cup, but now he grabs it.
0: That's another thing that I think Back to the Future does really well is it it knows when to go for the joke and it knows when to sell the legitimacy of a moment. Which yeah, it works really well here.
1: Yeah. And that's the case where it's like it's both a joke and a legitimacy. Yeah. The joke is he's ordering a chocolate motion. Yeah. The legitimacy is that he's owning it. He's looking fucking cool as shit doing yeah, it. Yeah, maybe that's where a little bit of Marty gets it from his dad. Yeah. Maybe his dad once in a while will pull that out.
0: And even, I mean, the way he knows how to do it is just because he's from the 50s, but even like, it's a, when he opens the soda farm a minute earlier, it's yeah. like there is something cool about like just him doing anything effortlessly that someone else is struggling to do, even yeah. if it is something as basic as that. So
1: he goes up to Lorraine.
0: She says, oh, don't I know you from somewhere? Ouch. And he says... My density has popped me to you. What? That's what she said. Um, Because that is just a nonsense line. Oh, George. Sweet, sweet George. He's also, he's clearly reading it off. And reading it off, like, not slyly. Like, he is holding it, like, if you're Lorraine, like, he's holding
1: it like this. Like, he's
0: blocking off the view of her face with this notepad.
1: Right. That's also, sadly, you know, it does end with him going, like, Lorraine, you're my density. Yeah. Which has now become several t shirts available now. Um,
0: Available now, redbubble.com.
1: Biff comes in with the gang, starts crap again, starts picking on George again.
0: Well, tries to oh, see, but then Marty oh. trips him.
1: Marty does trip him. Yeah. yeah. This is where like this is where also Marty takes this big swing at, at Biff this time, right? Yeah. And he does yeah.
0: They're about to fight, but yeah. Marty knows like, Well, I'm a little I'm I I, I don't have the strength advantage. <laughs> I need to use some strategy here. Yeah. So he says, Biff, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> and mean Biff it's an interesting way that Tom F. Wilson plays this uh, moment. Because Biff sort of laughs like he knows Marty's fucking with him. Yeah. But then does look.
1: <laughs>
0: which I think is it's a very biff moment, right? Yeah. Because Biff is someone who just in all senses, like even when like I feel like there's two sides to Biff's brain. Yeah. One which is like he's screwing with you. Ha, let's laugh at him. And then the other part that's just so powerfully gullible that's <laughs> like, oh, well, we're gonna we're gonna look though, right? We're still gonna
1: look. Let's talk Tom Wilson for a pet, for a he's, he's
0: very good as a as a very bad man.
1: Did you hear uh, have you ever uh, his heard his song?
0: Well yes, the song's amazing. Yeah. If
1: you don't know the song, please, please do yourself a favor and look up the Tom Wilson. Yeah, he's song. he
0: does stand up um now. I don't know if he did then. He does it now though. Yeah, yeah. And
1: uh
0: one of his bits is he does a song that is basically like FAQ of yeah. like questions that fans ask him.
1: <laughs> like, it's it, very funny. It's great. It's a it's a must-watch if you're a back to your future fan. Mm-hmm. And but I also going to bring up did you ever hear his interview on Nerdist? Yes. One of my favorite stories. I think that's actually where
0: I first heard the song, because I believe they played it at the end of that episode. They did, yes.
1: Yeah. One of my favorite things about that episode is is Thomas talking about his audition, and he talks about his audition with Crispin, I think. And he talks about like here's the thing: Tom is a big guy, but he pointed out when I was a kid, I was the bully. Yeah. You know, I was I was picked on, I was I was harassed. But even though I was a big dude, I I was still justified to be someone I can pick, I could be picked on as yeah. in high school. Um. So when he was auditioning for Biff. He, you know, he he went all in and did the biggest hey yeah. in the audition, and then he saw Crispin's face of literal shock and fright, and then this is the this is why I know Tom Wilson's a bit of a sweetheart in some fashion. Yeah. Wilson then said, "All of a sudden, I remembered how I was when yeah. I was a kid, and I felt so sorry." No. <laughs> I felt oh. so bad that I saw Crispin like just oh. react how I did. Yeah, <laughs> and I I didn't know. and I I put it together as much as I could and I finished the scene. But I felt like, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I, I I I have not met him, but I have friends who have met Tom Wilson, and they say he's a, he's a natural legit, legitimate. He seems like sweetie. a very sweet man. He's a sweet guy.
0: Uh, yeah. Also very good on Freaks and Geeks. Coach Ben Frederick. Oh, that's a really he cool had a very like, good arc with Bill. Yeah, yeah,
1: I love that episode. I love those episodes with him. Oh, yes, but here, you know, this is, of course, iconic Tom Wilson. You know, Tom Wilson in this dumbass Biff still looks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And of course, Marty hits him. Yeah. And then uh, a chase occurs. This is well, Marty like, hits him and then like shoves him into the form of like a sort of domino effect with his flunkies. It's a
1: really good maneuver. I'll have to yeah. say it did help. So here's the thing, Marty, mm-hmm. he's running for his life. It is also the movies. One, I would argue the one real action scene in terms of guy, bad guy chasing good guy. It's just this scene. And yeah, in this case where Marty then like kind of sees a couple of kids like pushing like a like a like a cart thing, like yeah. a box cart thing. Well, it's a
0: skateboard with a sort of scooter attachment. Basically.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he basically you know rips the 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 scooter attachment and just uses a skateboard. Yeah. And now we have this very very cool, rarely still works to this day, fun. Yeah skateboard chase and yeah again establishing the idea that if marty can do how how can marty do any of this well we've seen him being very reckless and dangerous i'm good at skateboarding and good at skateboarding so this is the payoff of that this is how good marty is at at this i would argue he's better at skateboarding than
0: rock music yes perhaps marty should have considered a future like in the x games like yeah he
1: could have been like tony hawk yeah (laughs) yeah i 100 percent agree with that opinion Here's the problem with the scene. Not not in terms of filmmaking. No, no, no. That's not. Here's the problem with Marty's plan with yeah. the scene. <laughs> if the goal is for Lorraine to fall in love with your dad.
0: Don't do a super cool,
1: impressive, <laughs> sexy
0: thing in front
1: of her. Cause she's already got she's already got the hots for you. So now here you are looking like freaking action hero. Like a swashbuckling hero. And not
0: only that, but humiliating the man who torments <laughs> her.
1: Yeah, and I know that this isn't what Marty was planning on doing. He just yeah. needed to get away yeah. and not get pummeled. But that is- But one. all, I mean, you could argue that it, he should have thought of that when he first tripped Biff. Yeah, yeah Marty's not bright. <laughs> True. And so, but no, he he he's coming up as looking super cool. Yeah. Super badass. And in, and in the words of Lorraine, super dreamy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's also one of those cases where you, George doesn't need to say a damn thing. He knows it's over <laughs> yeah, he
0: just sort of slinks away,
1: yeah, there's, there's not even a reaction cutaway shot of George. We just see George going, all right. well, like yeah. um I'm done, I guess. And he just sadly walks off,
0: and then, of course, Biff ends up covered in manure. He hates manure, yeah <laughs> that's his that's his unique trait to him is that he hates manure.
1: <laughs> I mean, let's not lie. The coolest bit is Marty getting the skateboard jumping oh jumping like
0: like walking through the car walking yeah. through the car and then it's jumping
1: very cool. I don't know not realistic whatsoever don't no. give, don't care
0: it's super good it fucking works in the scene
1: now we're at that point where everyone's like okay who the
0: fuck is that guy and then it's again like we get a nice moment of like selling this of like this is almost a moment from another movie of mm-hmm. like the cool teen arriving in town <laughs> yeah where, like he does this very cool thing and everyone's like who's that who's that yeah and Lorraine like turns almost a camera but clear enough that she's talking to another person that's Calvin Klein the new cool kid in town, <laughs> and I'm gonna find out
1: more about it. Yeah, I'm gonna follow him home. And that's you're right. That yeah. is true. Marty is by accident another isn't another 50s teen move. That oh, the cool kid. Who's that guy? Marty would have had a bike back then. <laughs> yeah.
0: So Marty goes home to Doc.
1: Yeah, Doc's like, "How's it going?"
0: Marty's like, "Pretty good.
1: Pretty, it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's 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 taking yeah. its time." I think she's cracking. She's <laughs> starting to get <laughs> this, there. This. Who knocks at the door? This <laughs> uh, so was his mom And again still f- Literally tripping her words around him mm-hmm. and, and Just ask hey are you doing anything Saturday Yeah so she asks him out to the dance And yeah. I
0: really really want to highlight Christopher Lloyd's performance in the scenes yes. Because I think it's my favorite Doc moment of the movie mm-hmm. where the entire Time that Marty and Lorraine are talking Doc is in the background just giving Marty the biggest, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, eyes you've ever seen?
1: And it's it's great because he he says no lines yeah. in the scene, but it's all him just going, You Yeah screwed this up. You really fucked up. Kid. <laughs> and when she asks you get here, <laughs> your mom is asking you out on yeah. a date. And when she asks him out on a date, he just sees his face go, Oh my god. God and yeah. he puts it <laughs> That's
0: so good.
1: I and mean, then I, I can't remember if it's before
0: or after Lorraine asked him out, but this is also where we get um Diorama. Yes. I believe it might have been before. Yeah. But it is again really great. Well wouldn't that have to be after because the house catches on
1: fire afterwards. Which is also foreshadowing.
0: So it's like, yeah, it makes sense that you bring out <laughs> this house.
1: Yeah, I believe that. I think well, that scene has to happen around here. Also, the love the detail. like God, uh, sorry I didn't have chance to the paint the, the the model. Yeah, it's and then he details this like super fucking cool intricate model of Hill Valley that he made. The only thing is just it's just white. Yeah, but clearly is like, you put some time into this, and and Marty's like, Nah, Doc, that's great. Yeah, that's fine. It's actually it's a really adorable moment where like. <laughs> I don't know, Doc well, is so endearing in that moment Well it's a thing where it's like, why it's endearing for me Is yeah. the idea that like, it's like Doc still thinks it's not good enough oh. And Marty goes, you're crazy Yeah, <laughs> oh, Doc,
0: you did good job
1: <laughs> But Doc didn't do
0: a good job though is He built this diorama that hinges on A live electrical wire Directly like across the room from his Collection of oily rags. Good job, Doc. Yeah.
1: Good job. But no, we we again, again. Now we need this is a this has been very useful information. So we are here setting up. This is what this is what has to happen. This is almost like a heist film to a certain degree, like the heist film rules, where it's like, here's the plan. Mm -hmm. If everything works according to plan, perfectly, and we do everything right, this is how it's going to end up. So of course, that's setting up for. Okay, so how's this going to be screwed up? Exactly. Yeah.
0: And it's also, I, it's such a to go to the fire again. It's such a fun thing where the movie is so structured perfectly that they can do fun things like this, where like the thing with the fire is like the set, the, the payoff is the setup. The payoff of the house burning down is the setup. Yeah. And then within the story, the payoff is the setup of saying, Oh, he's super not careful with flames. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they do these weird, like temp where the joke is backwards, but still <laughs> plays out correctly forwards. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of insanely impressive. Absolutely. The way they can just set these neat little Easter eggs like that. Oh my
1: God. No, for sure. Absolutely. Okay, so now we have the setup. The problem is, uh, how do we get George to be with Lorraine at the dance? Well, don't worry. Because Marty's got a plan. Uh And
0: and it's certainly not the most insane, horrible thing you've ever heard in your life.
1: (laughs) Um, The the, the joke is that it's exactly that.
0: Here we go. For one last time, I'll be doing the plugs, since they're not in the recording itself. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at VeryCoolEmily. You can find Justin on Twitter at Justin Keyson. We both host other shows with Andrew Lindy. Mine is called The Super Mario Bros Minute. It's a show where Andrew and I talk about the 1993 live-action Super Mario Bros movie one minute at a time. One minute of the film at a time, I should say. Justin's is called Nothing New. It's a show where Justin and Andrew talk about a film and its remake or reboot or reimagining. Justin also does a webcomic called Shining Yusha with Vic Perfecto. You can find that at shiningyusha.tumblr.com. That's S-H-I-N-I-N-G-Y-U-U-S-H-A.tumblr.com. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next week with our finale to this four-part Back to the Future special. Bye, Spielbos!
1: I'm Aaron. I'm Brendan. I'm Brian. And I'm Rob. And we're the hosts of Faux Boys, the podcast about Doughboys, the podcast about chain restaurants. So Aaron, what is Doughboys? Doughboys is this podcast hosted by Nick Weiger and Mike Mitchell, who are two hilarious comedians, where they talk about chain restaurants every single week.
0: So wait, what's Faux Boys then?
1: Faux Boys is a podcast hosted by Aaron, Brendan, Brian, and Rob, four hilarious comedians who talk about Doughboys, the podcast about chain restaurants. Are we going to go to the same chain restaurants that the Doughboys are going to? I sure hope so, but if we don't, we're still gonna record an episode. Do they have chain restaurants in Canada? <laughs> Some of them. So tune in to Faux Boys, the podcast about Doughboys, the podcast about Chain Restaurants, on BenviewNetwork.com. Every two weeks to listen to Faux Boys, the podcast about the podcast about Chain Restaurants.
0: Hey, does Feral Audio know we're doing this? This podcast is a part of the Benview Network.
1: You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.